Yo, yo, welcome back to the cap episode 216. It's your weekly tour through hip hop here with RJ Levychin. I am Nate Sperlin. And on this episode, we start off by discussing albums that came and went. We also follow that up by talking about Pop Smoke's new project, Posthumous, second one, uh, Faith, and follow that up by talking about Kendrick Lamar and uselessly speculate about albums from Kendrick Lamar that potentially may never happen. And then we finally finish that off talking about the double XL freshman ciphers. Uh, we are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Verbal, and more. Uh, see you there. Thanks for listening. Um, yeah. RJ, you want to say anything? Nope. <laughs> Dude did his takeoff impression there. Uh, see us on wherever you see us. Thanks. Welcome back to the cat episode 216 here with RJ Levychin. I am Nate Sperlin. RJ, how are you doing today? I'm chilling, bro. It's been a, a great weekend. Um, how are you? I'm I'm good, man. You know, I thought it was supposed to be I thought the only sunny day we'd get this weekend was on Friday, but then Saturday and now it's Sunday, and they're both both days are sunny. So I kind of feel like I should have scheduled another ball session basketball session but well well um you live and you learn man new york city weather is unpredictable it really um, is. yeah but anyway thanks for tuning in whether it's on spotify youtube verbal apple podcast apple or yeah apple podcast uh etc etc dsps that i won't name here this is your weekly tour through hip-hop of course uh shout out to everybody who's still trying to figure out the world around them and still trying to chase their dreams once again this is episode 216 this is more of a uh this is halftime really um we we play two quarters of music and we we're we're tired it's time to talk to the coach so um rj what are your what are your halftime adjustments um certified fucking lover boy that's really it drake I think what, what gets me tight is now I don't know what the project is going to sound like and I feel like it's going to be way too emotional. Like, obviously, it's Certified Lover Boy. I just mm-hmm. thought that there was going to be summer hits on it. Like, I thought it was going to be like a views type where like most of the album is sad boy music, but there's still like the hits of the summer on it. And it's like, bro, we're halfway through the summer. Not a lot of time left. I don't need music for August. I needed music for June and July. So and July's bell is basically done at this point. I'm kind of tight. I'm not going to lie. But if he wants me to be in my bag all August and September, like. <laughs> you going to buy the Telfair? No. No? Nope. No. The Adidas, the Adidas I'm bag? Buying, I'm buying the Michael Kors from the African guy on 42nd. Oh. Oh, so Michael Kors with a C. I guess my halftime adjustment this point at this point would be uh we need more music that's staying around longer i feel like i can't really think of 
an album that's really lasted more than a month. And because of that, I feel like it's hard to really decide what the album of the year is or the album of the year is thus far because everything is, oh my God, this is amazing. This is the best thing ever. There is no way this could be topped for a week and then you forget about it the next week. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, a lot of albums do not have replay value. I mean, I, that's what I've been thinking about this Tyler album. I mean, I, I love it. I think it's a great album, but you know, there's not a lot of songs that I'm trying to replay. Um, I personally love the Vince Staples album. I've been playing it over and over and over again. That's been the first album where I've like, just kind of put it on repeat and let it play. Um, the Migos album, like it doesn't have the replayability that it should. Moneybag Yo, I think is a great project. I definitely think that um, off the off season has like returned back up like the, yeah. the, the the power rankings like a bunch of people dropped and it went down and i think that it's like uh risen back um but again i, I don't i don't think the big dogs enough big dogs have dropped a solo album this summer in the way that i expected post pandemic year where yeah. where everybody was gonna drop anyways it's like all these motherfuckers said they was gonna drop the pandemic happened and they were like, oh, because of because of the pandemic, I did not drop. And now we outside and they still not dropping. So it's like, what are you really doing? What are you really up to? Like, I'm kind of tight. Like, and this might be just about Drake, but other, <laughs> there are other people included in that. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, Drake is attending AAU basketball games and, you know, oh my. being a certified lover boy, Dodger Stadium and stuff. Nah, that was a flash, dog. Do- Dodger Stadium is nice. I'm not. It's a. Nah, it's a. It's a nice. It's a nice stadium. He might have done that just for the bar, though. I what's the? What's, what's he, the bar? He didn't need to do that. What's the? What's like, the they, bar? They though? looked up at the helicopter like, damn, we got caught. And it's like, bro, you... <laughs> stadium lights are on and nobody. No, 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 no. She's like, she's like, I got, we got caught, and he's like, no, no, no. I called them. I told them we would be doing this at this time. Yeah, I. I also feel like whoever that hel- helicopter guy, whoever was flying the helicopter, you're, he's so sus. Oh yeah, like he's unless sus. It, for fly- it was a drone. He's sus for flying over it and being like, "Oh my god, people!" And then be like, oh, "We, we, let me see." And then like taking pics, like, "Oh, it's Drake." And he's then probably, like, you're like, "You're weird. You're weird." It's, it, it's probably his um his audition for being one of the helicopter people on the news. Oh, you're trying to get that TMZ job? Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. That eyewitness news job. Oh, there's, there's heavy traffic no, on the FDR and it's bumper to bumper traffic over here. Not the I think eyewitness. it's I think it's because of the rain. Anyway, back to you guys in the studio. Not the eyewitness. I hope I hope it wasn't the eyewitness. Oh guys. Oh what? Um, I think the songs that I like from the Polo G album have been being replayed have been replayed a lot for me. Polo G album is probably the one album that I like. I don't feel like I. Like I was not engaged as much as I thought I would be. I was not for a person that like the first album that I engaged with Apology being the goat being yeah I think it was the goat and I loved it and like there was like maybe five or six songs that I was like replaying regularly and not really giving a fuck about Hall of Fame. I think that was like I don't know why I I guess I just don't care. Yeah, I mean I I like um he has a song called called Toxic. He has another one called Epidemic. Uh, rap star obviously painting pictures. Uh, whatever the first one, the, the intro track is. I also like the one with G Herbo, the one with Rod Wave. He has some good, I think the thing with the Apollo G project that I'm starting to realize is that I think that towards the end, he got way too singy. 
and I feel I don't mind if he does it, but in terms of him trying to do duets with other rappers or other singers or whatever, I don't really think that's something I necessarily need. Yeah, I mean, I, I... like there's hood blues. Wants to be a pop star. Like there's there's hood blues. Like if he did that singing shit with Lil Durk, it's like okay, like y'all still rapping about street shit, cool. But like it's another, it's a completely different bag when someone's trying to get like oh my god my bros left me like try to drag the try to drag the e note a little bit too much and it's like okay i was, I was feeling you and then you 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 started you started want to be rod wave out here, huh? <laughs> rod wave is another album i was playing a lot but i'm, I'm probably honestly i'm probably gonna go back to it because i i like listening to rod wave too um that's another I wanna, um, album, in my opinion i think i don't know man i i'm upset because i feel like there was a bunch of artists that could have been solidified this year that like left it as a gray area. Like who? Um, I think Polo G is an example. I think that Polo G, especially with the way that the rest of the summer has gone, I think Polo G like could have had all had had the songs of the summer if he wanted yeah. to, but he didn't. What is there even a hip hop song of the summer this year? No. Like what? <laughs> No. This is all of the all of the biggest hip hop songs were songs of the spring. What is the hip hop song of the summer? Because you got to think about it. Thug dropped April. I have not. I have not listened to Slime Language two since we talked about it. I play there. I play um, Diamonds Dancing and Ski. Those are the two songs that I play. Um, and honestly, the Coil Ray song is a pretty good song. I'm not gonna get too deep into that, but the Coil Ray song on that project is a good song. And it's a like that song is fire. But um, like a lot of those shits came out April, like May level, and mm-hmm. be- as you started this segment off, because they didn't stay, they didn't have the shelf life to become songs of the summer. So yeah, I don't I don't think that we have a, like a real song of the summer for for the hip hop genre at least, uh, and that's what kind of like makes uh, Culture Three, even though it's not a bad album, disappointing. Because, and and same with the Polo G, is that there's so much space for a song of the summer, and nobody took that role, that spot. Nobody took that role. So yeah, I think I think it's a I think it's a transitioning time in hip hop for sure. Whether um that's for the better or not that remains to be seen but i think that i don't know i think that with tiktok and everything becoming more catchy it's more so about how it's not really about really making a song that connects with people it's just how easy is it for you to create a song that gets stuck in people's heads oh oh oh! what about um that shit by who make the stallion no Every time I've heard that song, it's been on the TikTok. And they have not, they have been okay, mediocre at best. Um, hmm. I feel like there's a, a I feel like uh, this is a Cardi B song or something that like I'm forgetting. You know what album is low key underrated? And you're probably going to hate that I say this. Ooh. The Lil Durk and Lil Baby album is an album that gets a lot of replay for me. I don't think that it's I don't think that it's underrated or overrated. Like I'm not mad about it. I, I just wanted it to be better. I mean in the and here's the thing. And the same thing that we've been saying with all the other shit is that it's not um 
there are no it, like it, that's another project that easily should have had one of the songs of the summer and it didn't uh, i don't you know they're just gonna be rapping about like regular like i don't none of them are really known for being catchy Lil Baby and Lil Dark. What's one catchy song that they've had? From Lil Baby? Yeah. Wait, are we being serious? I'm being serious. Oh, I forgot you don't like Lil Baby. I like Lil Baby. I just think he's over I think he's overrated. But I like him. But like what's one catchy Now you can't like someone and think that they're overrated. I yes, feel I like can. those things are very contradictory. Yes, I can. You gave me like, oh yeah, like I fuck with him. I just think that he's not but I don't think that he's not that nice. It's like yeah. then why do you, then why do you fuck with him? Because he's nice. How is someone nice but not that nice? Simultaneously? Because if someone could be nice, because someone could be nice but not the goat or not the next uh, dominant figure in hip hop, like those. But he's that's, dominant, the, but he is the the next dominant. I the mean, bar he's, between he's not the next, he's already. But dominant. the space, the space between being nice and being the goat of hip hop is huge. There's so much wiggle room in that space for me to say you're nice, but you're kind of overrated. I guess. I feel like that, like he, like when he, like there's, there's a every single flow that he gets on, like on a song, like people, the way that he glides, people just glide with what he says. Like I feel like his catchiness, like people just be rapping his whole verse, like they, it doesn't even need to be catchy, like they just be like the way that he glides on a song, people just like resonate with the way that he comes onto the song. He just be, and like people be saying his whole verse. Lily, I've been in my bag. I can't. I... Like something to prove. Something to prove is, is definitely a catchy song. All of these down with me, BBs. I got something to prove. I got something to lose. That shit is fire. Where, where did that, which one is that off? Uh, it was a single, but it's a 2K song. I think it's a 2K song. Like that I, was a song where I was I like, I, I was like, what, or whoa. Nah. Whoa is certainly I not, catchy. I did not like that song. Brand new car is noisy. Come to when it's roaring. You ain't gotta worry. Don't care about your boyfriend. See me and get nervous. Nah, I'm cool. Whoa. <laughs> I have to put the whoa in there. Just so we just so we knew what song it was. Then you know, flies me. Whoa. <laughs> right. Hold up, hold up. What's what's the best song off the little Bur- little baby uh, Dirk uh, project? Uh, Lion. Uh, hats off. In my opinion, Lion. And that's little Dirk on the on the hook. You have to mute. You have to. No, mute. I definitely think. I definitely think that there's a, there's a. I definitely think that little baby is catchy. Like I'm not. I'm, you know, I think that he like writes like choruses that are fire. Uh, like same thing. I love that song. It's probably like one of the most, um, not outlandish, but like, not like other little baby songs that I ever heard. And I think that his chorus, like I think that time hey, she is a quarter for my main thing. That's off. That's off the last one. Uh, what should we call it? Uh. My time, yeah, no, no like that's, that. That, that song is called Same Thing, but yeah, My Time is the name of the project. Yeah, that's all My Time. Yeah, I, I, I like um, that. I thought that what's there's on, a what's what's the emotionally scarred or emotionally emotionally scarred? Something? I like emotionally scarred. That's a good song. That shit is that, that shit is crazy. I don't know. Too. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's catchy though. It's a good song. But I don't know if it's catchy. Like I'm gonna be singing the hook off like out of nowhere. I don't know. Oh, like, something to prove. He, something to prove was also on this project. Yeah, like I think he, I think Lil Baby has song. I think he has lines that resonate with people, but in terms of things that get stuck in your head just because of like, 
don't know. Like, like that's just what I'm saying is I feel like he don't even have to. Like he resonates with people. People, you like you just fuck with what he's saying, and like that's a different level of like, that's a different level of impact. That's a different level of. Uh, I don't even know what like, resonation is not the word that I want to use, but the way that he can make you, the way that he can be memorable without being simple and catchy, I think is more important than his just regular catchiness. I mean, but I think over the past however many years, the songs of the summers for the most part have been somewhat more so leaning towards the catchy side. Yeah, I think the radio, radio wise for sure. Like when you think about, but I also think that that bots for white people, like white people, oh, like this is simple, this is like playful, whatever. Mm-hmm. Is that like niggas be rapping like the whole little baby, all the little baby's parts? They be feeling little baby's parts. They be rapping word for word. They be saying, catchy or not, they be saying the whole little baby part. They don't even know whose song it is. They be waiting for the little baby part. They don't even know who he's talking about. They be like, bro, why, why are you singing that? He's like, yo, a little bit. I resonate with that hard. Like, nigga, you never sit lean in your life. And they be rapping to that shit. Oh, and that's that's why I think that little baby is up next because I think that like motherfuckers that be listening to a whole song waiting for little baby's verse and then will rap little baby's verse like it's the chorus. I got to see like, that. Damn. I got to I got to see that in action. I have I have not seen that in action yet. But I got I'm going to send you I'm going to send you the Drewski uh um video like he made like a clip being like niggas be feeling little baby's verses like way too hard and that shit had me fucking dead because it was it's like it it was it is mad facts it's just like niggas talking about shooting niggas and it's like bro you've never shot nobody like why why are you feeling this so hard what do you mean by that yeah what do you mean by that (laughs) um all right let's let's get to the music of this week there's only really one album to talk about we have the pop smoke his second posthumous release uh titled faith uh, 20 tracks, 56 minutes long. There's mad features on here. Uh, Kanye West, Pusha T, Rick Ross, The Dream, 42 Doug, 21 Savage, Ross Swish, The Neptunes, Beam, Travi, Blizzy Bank, Busy Banks, uh, Takeoff, Lil TJ, Sway Lee, Future, Chris Brown, Dua Lipa, for some reason, Pharrell, Kid Cudi, Quavo, and Kodak Black. I'ma just go off a go on a limb and say this like real quick. I think. The only features here that should have been on the project, if it was done right, was Quavo, Lil TJ, and the Drill Niggas. I I agree. I think Pharrell might have been on it, um, because I think that Pharrell like produced that beat, the Neptunes produced that beat. I don't think that it's a great beat though. Um, I mean, as a as a cash grab album, for sure. You know me. I hate posthumous albums in the first place. Yeah. In general. Um, I think there's very, very few times where you can do a posthumous album correctly. Um, I hope that this is the last one. Um, I know they're working on a deluxe, so... The 5 uh, 4 is supposed to be on it? Yeah, hopefully. I mean, it's the same thing with the deluxe of the first one. Like, you know, you gotta hope that the songs will, like, they'll add good songs, but you, there's no guarantee for that um look it was one of it was a career that was on its ways to the highest of heights i know that the label that he signed to understood that when they signed him they're trying to get as much as they can out of it and what's worse is he was starting a movement both you know his personality as well as sonically 
So the label doesn't know what to do with that anyways, because it was a sound that he was pioneering. And so when the pioneer is not there to pioneer his own sound, you only have what he's already done to go off of. Mm-hmm. And there's no way for it to progress. There's no way for him to, them, them to recreate a sound that he was in the middle of pioneering better than him without him. Like that's and, just not possible. And, and, and also at the same time, a heavy majority of the songs on this album have no drill feel at all. Like like none. And that was kind of my that was kind of my issue with the the first one. Yeah. But I also felt like at the time it was like oh, but he's. He was he was he was, he was working on something. Yeah, he was working. But right? also, I think that the the difference between the first one, uh, shoot for the shoot for the moon, aim for the stars. Yeah, shoot for the stars, aim for the moon. Um, that one is that even though it wasn't completely drill, it was still mostly trap. Yeah, and there was a, there's a few songs that were more R and B ish in there, but for the main the main vibe of it really was kind of darkness in the same yeah. way that the drill. Uh, tra- the drill tracks from Pop Smoke were so yeah. I didn't really mind that that much because if Pop Smoke were to make the leap to superstardom, he was gonna have to do that in- anyway. So right. that made sense to me. But songs with Dua Lipa and um, like I don't why, like I don't under- like who that's really a white person. That's, that- a, that's, I that's a white industry person making that decision, bro. I promise you, no one has ever said this before. After listening to Welcome to the Party or um, Dior or any of those, nobody ever said, yo, what would Dua Lipa sound like on on a, on, on Dior? Like, like, like what, what is that? I don't, I, I don't, I don't understand what that is. I think so. And also I th- another thing, I think that some of the features, despite the features that I already named that would have been on there regardless, I think some of them are good picks. I think that uh, Takeoff and Pop Smoke is something that probably could have happened in the future. Um, I could see 42 Doug and Pop Smoke doing some shit. I could see 21 Savage and 42 Doug doing some I'm 21 Savage and Pop Smoke doing some shit. Excuse me. But the also the the other genre shit is weird. I, I don't hypothetically, because all we have is hypotheticals, I don't see Pop Smoke at this point being able to jump to other genres yet. It's it's, it's kind of like he was working on it cool. But the whole issue I have with posthumous albums is we don't know we don't know how much input um, the artist had on the album. So with shoot for the star, shoot for the moon, shoot for the stars, aim for the moon. That confuses me. My fault. For shoot for the stars, aim for the moon. Um, you still get a pretty good feel of okay, this is ready to come out. Posthumous was working on this because there's like five different other tracks like that. But some of these tracks, they just shot in the dark and were like, okay, what Pos- how would Pop Smoke sound on this? And it's literally a um, a perversion of the myth or the legend of Pop Smoke, in my opinion. I feel like, like you said, it's a money grab. Um, one of my friends on Twitter, we were talking about it, um, Solomon, he said it's meant to stream well first and sound good second. I I can't say that I disagree with that either. Um, I, I just, I don't want another Pop Smoke album. I, I just don't. I'm done. Yeah, I'm over it. It's, yeah, I'm over it. Yeah, I'm. I'm also. I'm kind of. I'm kind of. Um, I have more faith in the next Juice Road album because Juice, the Juice Road album, is being handled by people who had a vi- who kind of who understood. I feel like at least judging off the first posthumous albums, I feel like the people who did the Juice Road album 
were more in touch with what Juice World wanted to do than the people who did the Pop Smoke album. For Pop yes. Smoke. I mean, think about uh, like the, there are so many people that, especially after the first round, like that didn't get their song on, like didn't get their verse on the project or whatever that have talked about Pop Smoke's team and they, it's only been negative. Yeah. So, I mean, the project in itself is a money grab. Yeah. I mean, you also saw it with the first one with uh, the the cover art being something that people didn't necessarily like and then that having to be changed and um, also the whole thing about people, about Young Thug and Pusha T not wanting to be on the same track because Pusha T is dissing Drake and all that other drama that wasn't really necessary. Um, Pusha T did it on this on this album, by the way. Um, I, I don't really think I have... I don't, I don't really know how much of a problem I have with it because Pusha T is just going to diss Drake wherever. But at the same time... He, what, what he, he dissed Drake again? Yeah. He said, he said some shit about Ty the Creator has the album of the year. And then, he, and then he said a line about this album with Pop Smoke going platinum. And then he said, the king is supposed to wear the crown and y'all trying to place it on a, on a clown. That's what he said. That's that was the line. So yeah, I mean uh, it's a push the T line. I, I expect nothing less from him. It was yeah, it's a very push the T. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know necessarily how. I don't know necessarily what place it has on a posthumous album. Um, it doesn't. So, you know, you know me. I, I mean, I think that it's 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 worse to use somebody else's song to talk shit. Yeah. At the same time. Like, Pusha T, Pusha T has now put himself in a, in a position where he's just gonna like anything that talks about the top level of rap. People just be, oh, you're talking about Drake. Yeah. So he don't even I mean, have to say anything that's like oh definitely Drake. He just has to say like oh King this or whatever. But I also think that like Drake is one of the few rappers who is the best of his generation, and people question it the whole time when there's when there's not another person to put there i mean there is but he we haven't seen him since during drake's run like and uh, when i say we haven't, Drake's we haven't, run, i'm talking about like 2010 level to yeah now. we haven't seen him since 2016 so it's a tough sell now but there i mean we, we have i'm talking about no i'm talking about kendrick oh. as the other person that you could potentially put up there but uh, kings have to rule yeah, that's 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 one thousand percent true, and you big, can't. That's a big thing. For you me. can't leave the kingdom and expect it to be there when you get back. Yeah. So, um, but at there, the same there's time, some artists that understand that, some of the artists that don't. Little Wayne was very clear on that. Yeah, he was. Little Wayne was like, "I'm on a run, and I'm gonna continue to go on a run, whether it be mixtapes or albums. Do I'm gonna do whatever, and that uh, I think that it's fine. You know, Frank Ocean, Kendrick, all those artists, you know, take the time off or whatever. It's just prolificness is a part of the grand scheme mm -hmm. you know when i think about Mike, the michael jacksons um and the al greens and the marvin gays and they were prolific artists as well as great impactful inspirational all you know all the great things that go into being a goat prolific was with that and i'm fine with artists not being okay because they make so much money outside of their you know music 
Mm -hmm. deciding that being prolific isn't for them, especially if it's going to put them in a position where every project is a classic, mm -hmm. then I'm 100, you know, you yeah. got it. Like, it, it, especially if it's going to be a guy like Kendrick, who I feel like isn't going to do what like Andre 3000 did, which is like, I'm old now, so I can't rap. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think Kendrick is going to do that. And Kendrick is going to evolve into a different level rap. And, and he's such a conceptually based rapper that he never, ever has to, he doesn't rap young nigga shit. So when yeah. he gets old, we're not going to, we're not going to be like, oh, you still rapping about like, we're not going to be like that. It's not. <laughs> we're not exactly going to be like, grow up. You're, you're 36, grow up. Yeah. We're not going <laughs> to, like, you're 36. Yeah, we're not going to be that. Yeah. So I think, um, same with Frank Ocean. So I yeah. think that they have the the ability to not be prolific, mm -hmm. but Drake's prolificness has been weak. Honestly, his prolificness has hurt him, in my opinion, at least. Um, I mean, twenty five songs on Scorpion was just ridiculous. The, yeah, the, <laughs> like an actual I mean, like ridiculous. I think. Well, first of all, I think we're closing out this Pop Smoke segment. So once again, I just want to say um, before we officially move on, uh, rest in peace, Pop Smoke, once again. Um, hopefully this is the last album out of respect for Pop Smoke and uh, his music and the clips that weren't supposed to come out. Although the way that it's seeming, and I've seen some things where that suggests that this isn't the last one, which, yikes. So, um, yeah. But anyway, um, I say I meant I wanted to do that because I wanted to transition and I wanted to ask you uh what do you think happens to Kendrick's legacy if he drops an album and it is on the same in this and it has the same storyline as the offseason where it's hyped everyone's like album of the year and it's not or it's not clearly the album of the year um I don't know that it matters. Mm -hmm. I think if he drops a J. Cole level album with the, the J. Cole album, like growing back in the power rankings, I wouldn't necessarily be mad. Mm -hmm. uh, it would be disappointing, mm -hmm. but in the same way that off season is a precursor to another album, if Kendrick dropped an album that was a precursor to another album than the another album I know would be a classic and that's mm -hmm. what would keep like I have that same confidence about J. Cole and the fallout. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, you gave me a pretty good album. That's a precursor to something much bigger. Then like I'm fine. But if Kendrick drops like a okay album and then leaves for another five years, I'll be kind of tight. I would no, I would I would be devastated. <laughs> Because the whole argument around Kendrick is that you can make an argument that all four of his albums or, uh, I don't know, people debate if Section 80 is an album or not, but all four, all three of his albums are classics. You can say yeah. that Section 80 has, Section 80 is 10 years old and it still plays really, really well. Good Kid, Mad City, we know the impact that it did. Um, uh, and officially the longest uh, standing rap album on the Billboard 200, so... Shout out to Kendrick for that, because Good Kid, Mad City is uh, one of the best albums of the decade, and that's unquestioned. Of all time. That's unquestioned for sure. Um, to Pippa Fuck Butterfly. Fuck the Grammys. Yeah. <laughs> to Pippa Butterfly was an album that, um, it was an album that had to grow on you, but with the Sonics and the, 
the execution of it and the sonics of it and the care you put into it some people could debate some people debate that it's his best album personally i don't think so but some people debate that and because of that you could argue that it's a classic because of the impact that it's had and dan won a pulitzer for his rap album to win a pulitzer that's unquestionable it's it's a classic and you could play it both ways that's a fucking classic so the one thing about kendrick is that his greatness has produced four projects that we can debate and that are either classics or borderline solidify yeah that they're classics or borderline classics but that being said it's the same thing as lebron what happens when what happens the eighth time that you get to the finals and it's expected i think that he knows how how the bar is i think that that's the biggest difference between him and Drake is I I think that Drake got to the top and then he was like I I can use my standing to elevate specific radio songs and not feel like every project all the songs have to be on the same level as that top thing but I Kendrick is one of those he's he's a, he's a Kobe level uh individual when it comes to his craft mm-hmm. so and un- like Untitled Unmastered is is a great example of I don't know whether Kendrick can drop a mediocre album because his throwaways were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like if if his if if your throwaways are Untitled Unmastered level good, yeah, then I I just don't see a mediocre album like ever releasing. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, I mean. All this speculation is for shits and giggles, mainly because we miss Kendrick and it might, the wheels might be turning since Isaiah Rashad is dropping his album at the end of the month that Kendrick- Oh, where is Pusha T? What is Pusha yeah. T? Pusha T, in the same verse, Pusha T was hinting at an album coming. No, he, no, an album's coming. So He I'm, said that it was almost done like a month ago. Did he? Yeah. He, seen, he, he strikes me as a fall release type guy. Like- Well, Daytona was in the summer. His biggest album was in the summer. That was because of Kanye, though. Yeah, you no, but no, he was planning. Uh, he was planning to drop during the summer, and then brought it to Kanye to like get the final clearance. And then Kanye was like, "I want to produce this myself. Like, we're we're going to redo this album." And then Pusha T was like, "But I'm literally about to drop." And Kanye was like, "I can do it in a week." And then Pusha T was like, "I guess." And, and he then he, week, he and gave him the best album of his career. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but but I think yeah, but regardless, I'd expect Pusha T to drop this year. Um, <sighs> hopefully, Kendrick can too. And then, well, Drake Drake said that he's going to drop by the end of the summer. Whether I believe him or not, no, because he also said that he was dropping last year, and then um, said that he was dropping in the summer, and then kept pushing it back and pushing it back for reasons that I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, last topic. Do you want to talk about these double XL freshman ciphers? Um, yeah, we can just talk about like which ones you like and which ones you thought were terrible. I'm a, I'm gonna just say that I think that Blast impressed me on his freestyle, his solo freestyle, and his cipher impressed me. I might listen. Those to um, that was a that was a uh, interesting group to to link up those two guys. Yeah. Um, I want to see. I think that um, the way that the XXL freshman list now is, where you're including singers and rappers all at once, is a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. But I think, like Moray did his thing. He did his shit. 
I I'm I'm not gonna lie. Coyle Ray was just very, like very very disappointing. I, yeah. I we don't need to get to. I know everybody's talking about it. We don't. It was just disappointing. And her acting like it was the best, it doesn't make any sense. No. It literally doesn't make sense. And then and then her, the, the recent development is her trying to redo it and writing something and trying to rap on that beat on social media, so. See, exactly. Yeah. Um, like even now you, you know, know, now, now even I know you, you know knew that you could have kept that, that you could have kept that much. Um, but I think that the one thing, not to cut you off, um, I'm just gonna say this one thing. I think that the one thing that's important about these ciphers that makes them, uh, that make that made them work for the majority of the time is that they got a producer who can produce beats for people who rap and people who sing. Like Nick Mira is a very good pick here because he's he's produced huge tracks with Juice World. He's he has on the Internet Money album and stuff like that. And also his beats are easy to rap to, um, and they're also good beats uh, for this generation. Yeah, Nick, Nick Mira is one of the biggest, uh, one of the best young producers out right now. Yeah. I think that was a I think that was a good pick. Um I think it was a good pick too. I don't think that all of the combinations were good. I, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie though, the one that I thought was gonna be terrible and then surprised me was Ruby Rose being linked with Flo Millie, Pooh Shiesty and uh, 42 Doug. And yeah 42 Doug. That that I did not like Ruby Rose started off kind of slow and then I think that she picked it up. I think Flo Millie was clearly the best out of yeah. all of them. But I also think that Flo- Flo Millie is the best rapper in that freshman list. So yeah, I I, I think that um, I feel like Ruby Rose wrote her verse, and that's fine because it's a cipher and people don't really care about writers or anything like that. No, I think I think I think most rappers, even the biggest like rapper rappers, mm-hmm. write their verse for. You think so? Yes, one hundred. That's interesting. I think most. That's of them because I think I, because I'm, I'm talking you, about I'm talking about the Kendricks, mm-hmm. Big Sean's, like back in the back in the days, back a day mm-hmm. in the 2010s, early 2010s. I think mm-hmm. that the, the people understood how important getting on that list was, and were not going to play around. Yeah, I'm a freestyle, yeah. and that's why I think that people like Lil Mosey would like fuck themselves over mm-hmm. because you don't. It's it's a, it's a platform opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's not for fun. It's a mm-hmm. platform opportunity bring your best shit you being like oh i don't really rap on these people blah blah is that like that's honestly why looking back to 2016 list was so lit is because they did not give a fuck and yeah. they showed how good they were by wow, not, giving not giving a, giving fuck, a fuck and still yeah. making it iconic that you that, that 21 I mean? that 21 savage cypher was i i i want him to put that in a song somewhere because even fucking Kodak Black. Kodak did his thing. This sorry ass beat. <laughs> Uzi, of course, did his thing. In the back, like... Yachty, Yachty kind of did his thing too. It, it was nice to see them do it. Like the chemistry between them, the, those but, four. Like, if you if you, if you you go listen to that, like I think Denzel Curry wrote his verse. Power, power, it's all about power. Wait, they the had five niggas on there, didn't they? Yeah. God damn, that was a good verse. That, that might be the best cypher of all time. Um, I think that was, that was the that's the best that is probably that's the bar for freshman list since it dropped and I mm-hmm. think last season was last year last season last, last year's season. list like is probably the closest that it's gotten in terms of picks or ciphers because I don't remember picks, the ciphers picks. Picks, picks yeah for sure for sure picks. for sure that's, um, that's solidified um, but I think that again um, if you look at the artists in 2016, I mean, not only are they the biggest artists right now, mm-hmm. they were pioneers at the time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, think about it, Lil Dicky, Anderson Pac, 
um, the only the only person that I think the only person that fell off in that list was Designer. Yeah. And he had the biggest song of the year. Yep. So he was gonna be on the list. It's not like he wasn't yeah. gonna be on the list. I, I honestly think that the reason why uh, he's one of those examples where I, I'm I don't think you should sign to an artist label. I think that is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. I think that if you're gonna sign to an artist label, already have distribute like already be talking to major labels on your own because signing to Kanye does not mean that Kanye is going to elevate your career. And also it could just you, be him stealing your song and running away. Also, you could see by the way that Kanye is notorious for working on albums up to the minute of release and stuff like that. You could see how um, chaotic his creative process is. And I'm not really sure that's the best case scenario for a developing artist, especially someone who's a project like designer. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that uh, also in the label anybody at that time may have signed him being like oh this is going to be a future clone yeah which was stupid yeah because we don't want a future there's only one future yeah by the way um i think we're going to close this out uh but i just want to say by the way uh savage mode metro booming and 21 savage that's five years old that was five years old this week and also uh ds2 Future and mostly produced by Metro Boom and of course Southside Help too is six years old. Was six years old yesterday, and we could record this on Sunday. So six years, six years old on Saturday. So uh, yeah, two of the best albums of the decade um, set the tone for just Metro's career and also the careers of Twenty One Savage and Future as well. So yeah, I'm going to listen to. I listen to Savage Mode on Thursday, mad times already. So I already fulfilled my obligations with that. I already fulfilled my quota, but I need to, I have a quota to um, to reach for listening to DS2 this weekend. So I'm gonna do that after that. this. Before I get out of here, um, big big rest in peace to Biz Marquis, one of the big icons of old school rap, probably one of the biggest radio hits of pre Y2K rap, I mean, just, uh, just a friend is just one of the biggest. You, still one of one of the biggest songs. In you got what I now. need. Um, I hope nobody leave that sample alone, ladies and gentlemen. Please leave that sample alone. He just died. Leave that fucking sample. Don't, don't stop. Don't, hey, don't even try it. Eighteen months at least. I swear, to, let because Drake is the type to do that. Oh yeah. Are sure. already working on the Just a Friend mix, like right he had a, now. He had a fucking he had a Michael Jackson verse on his last project. He paid a hundred thousand dollars or something, something crazy for that. Yeah, no. Like he bought that, and I was yeah, like, no. "This is what? You, no, this is what you bought. Like, who no, played dude. this for you? Why did you buy this? And why did you use it like this? I mean, at the same that I mean, song could have been good. I mean, I mean, at the same time, he is the same person who paid for the same Take Heath beat three times. So, you right. Okay. Anyway. This has been The Cap. This is episode 216. Thank you for listening and watching. Uh, That is RJ Levygen. I am Nate Sperlin. Like and subscribe, please. Uh, Follow Old Milk on Instagram and Twitter at Old Milk Media. Stay safe, wear a mask, and wash your hands. Um, We're not going to be back next week. So we'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for your will. I think that's when Isaiah Rashad drops. So... 
yeah we'll be back next in two weeks for isaiah rashad and then we will um hopefully start fanboying over the potential of a kendrick project after that so we'll see but thanks for watching have a good evening or day or whenever you're watching this